Hello everyone, uh, Chase Pond here for the Pond Theater. No intro music this time, uh, because this was an episode I was, uh, trying to get out last week, but I was having some technical difficulties, and of course there was another, uh, movie-related thing I was meaning, meaning to, uh, record and get out, uh, but unfortunately that did not come out the way I wanted to either. So I, I wanted, because uh, I saw, like, four movies recently, that's what this episode's gonna be about uh for movie reviews and that will be blinded by the light the biopic about uh one uh middle eastern fan of uh an 80s or you know old american uh singer uh and we're gonna talk about that uh, along with it chapter two the fanatic and ended all with a retro review of The Dark Crystal. Now, in the last episode, I talked about The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Season 1, and at the beginning mentioned that I have never seen the original Dark Crystal movie. Well, a friend pointed out to me that it's on Netflix, so I decided, hey, you know what, I'm going to check it out. And that's pretty much going to be it, and I'm going to try to get through all of them within an hour or so. But yeah, not wanting to make this episode too long because I am late to the party, on these movie reviews, something I hope to not be a frequent thing. It's just a lot of crazy stuff happening last week, and luckily, uh, with, uh, Hustle, I think it's Hustlers coming out. Uh, I do plan on getting that out sooner than later, especially that I'll be talking with uh, talking about it with a uh, special guest. So look forward to that. Um, yeah, so just things I had to fix on my computer, but everything's all dandy now, and that's good. So that way I can keep things moving. And at the very least, uh, despite there not being a, a recording of any, or I mean a uh, published uh, episode on SoundCloud last week, I was still able to kind of get some things out, such as uh, some write-ups on my uh, blog. So go check that out. There's some, like, really cool movie news. And... Before we get straight into the reviews, of course, how do you get a hold of me? How do you follow me up? All that stuff. I'm going to say that right now. You can go to philok76 at gmail.com. That is philok76 at gmail.com. You can also go to Facebook or Instagram, which is going to be Pons Press, or go to Twitter at ChasePond64. The website is called PondsPress.wordpress.com. Anyway, let is, let's get right into the these movies. Now, this movie that I'm going to start out with, and again, being late to the party, this one's been out for a while. In fact, it might even be leaving theaters soon, but I'm going to be talking about, uh, or starting off with uh, Blinded by the Lights. And uh, this is a biopic about uh, young Javik, who's played by, uh, well, this name's going to be hard to pronounce, Vivek. Kalara? I, I I probably screwed some things up. But anyway, he's a Pakistanian teenager who, uh, you know, his family migrated over to the UK. Uh, in a time where, you know, Middle Eastern uh, individuals are not accepted, which in a case still is happening today. But, you know, back then in the 80s, uh, you know, with the Cold War and everything. And uh, Javik, he, uh, he writes poems about the Cold War. He writes poems about, you know, war in general and politics and some tragic things going on. And usually people tell him, you know what, you gotta stop doing that because it's kind of boring, kind of sappy. Why don't you write something else? 
but then, uh, you know, having some uh, little uh, issues with his family because it is one of those stories where uh, you got the dad going, son, I want you to be this thing, not the thing that you always wanted to be. You want to follow family tradition. And, you know, ja- uh, the the son's always like, dad, I this is my dream. You have to let me do what I want to do. It's it's the, that same kind of, uh, you know, journey to creative freedom story or whatever you want to say. This this, is, this has been happening. This type of plot has happened over and over again. Nothing really new, uh, except that uh, Javik's life kind of turned around, or at least turns around, when he meets another Middle Eastern that says, "Dude, you gotta check out Bruce Springsteen. He's he's his music is amazing. It'll inspire you to you know pursue your dreams regardless of what happens." And uh, at first, Javik is like, "Yeah, right." And then you know, just uh, after having an emotional fight with his uh family uh he just goes up to his room and he's like you want i'll play this and then boy has uh life changed for him let's take a look at the trailer and then i'll tell you more still coming to my party tonight yeah of course emma's mates are coming and i know one who would be perfect for you she's not fussy really first day start at the top and stay there Stay away from the girls! I want to be a writer, but my family is stuck in another century. Writing isn't a job. I need you to do more. Make a wish, Vicar. Kiss the girl and get out of this dump. Bruce is the direct line to all this true in this shitty world. Seriously, what does he know about our world? before you start getting confused and hating yourself. I listen to everything. I can feel it all right here. It's like Bruce knows everything I've ever felt. Everything I've ever wanted. My poems, they're not brilliant, but they're mine. You think that this man sings for people like us? But he talks to me. You cannot be serious, right? My dream was to come here and work hard for my family. If you don't try to fix this, we will lose our son for good. This guy is incredible. You've never heard lyrics like his. Is that Billy Joel? Billy Joel? If you try and raise your kids right, Jay. I can't think of a better reason to visit the United States than to see the home of the boss. Traps like us. Baby, we were born to run. Did you write that? I've told you before, your lyrics are rubbish. I didn't even rhyme! 
as I said before, the story is very straightforward, very simple, very uh, kind of by the numbers, I'll say. Because uh, uh, what Javik is going through is not really unlike what you see a lot of characters, you know, where you have families that just want, want the son or daughter to stick to simple tradition and not their not chase their dreams. Uh, it is the same exact thing. And, uh, you know, his, uh, the dad is always that, Son, I want you to be like me, or else I won't respect you. And yeah, something it, it, you know, there's there's some daddy issues. Uh, it's mainly pretty much with the dad is uh, where Javik has the most issues, uh, or you know, problematic relationship with. Because the rest of the family, they're all they're all cool with Javik. Yeah, he's going through school, uh, trying to uh, write uh, all these poems and just trying to fit in. He's the kind of the nerdy quiet quiet guy uh and uh you know uh, he gets, he starts getting shy, but then pretty much Bruce Brinksting kind of, uh, you know, gets him to have, uh, or, you know, uh, be more social to his friends, uh, get a date. Pretty much Bruce Brinksting just kind of saves everything. In fact, this movie is pretty much a huge endorsement for Bruce Brinksting. And they, they lay that down thick. Uh, they, it, 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 there, there are parts of it where it's just like, okay, is this story really happening? Or are you just playing Bruce Springsteen's songs? Because why not? Because uh, Javik and his uh, uh, other friend, sorry, Javid. Why am I saying Javik? I said Javik this whole time. Okay, uh, I think his name is Roops. Aaron uh, Ferrara. Anyway, Javid. Sorry, not Javik. Javid. Uh, get that right. And Roops. They, uh, you know, they they go. They, they just kind of bond together through Bruce Springsteen's songs, basically standing up against bullies standing up against a lot of people from just playing different songs and just uh, basically singing it and it gets really crazy because there are points where uh, it just becomes a big musical number and I'm like okay so this is is this I mean it's inspired by a true story so I guess they can go crazy with it and that's fine but yeah that that it those parts just kind of happen out of nowhere. Like there are protesters, because there there is a there is a political angle to this film uh, regarding you know Middle Easterns and uh, the uh, or you know being migrated or to the UK, but. There, there is a time where they're, they're having, they're singing one of Bruce Springsteen's songs, and those protesters stop to kind of sing along, and I'm like, okay, this is, uh, <laughs> this is quite a, uh, a really strange way to tackle something that's very serious, because the movie does take itself seriously with the, uh, the, you know, the, the racial injustice theme that's going on with it. There, I mean, there's plenty of jokes, but that, that's not really regards to the, the, the theme that the movie wants to carry on which i think you know does very well because uh yeah pakistanians are viewed as terrorists regardless of whether or not they are and uh you see you see all these uh white people just kind of bully them you know not give them uh equal rights there there are kids that just pee on the the doorstep of uh the uh, pakistanians uh uh apartment and i don't know if any
anything of that would happen, but I do, I, I do really see that, yeah, Middle Easterns are just, a lot of, a lot of different races aren't treated very well in this, and, well, I mean, in the UK, but definitely not in the US, because, of course, we, this, we live in a very racist world, uh, and especially today where, you know, our president and even the, the president of the UK, they're both just on equal terms of bad, so there, there is something to take from the theme here, but it's just kind of weird where, you know, people are protesting, get out of Pakistani, get out of Pakistani, and then they, they just see Javid, uh, like, singing to Bruce Springsteen, and they're like, everybody's gone to go, I'm like, what, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, uh, it, it really does feel like the, the music is taking over the story, and, you know, there, there are people who are fine with that, they just, they just want to hear, uh, their favorite songs be played on the big screen, I, there, there is, there is a audience for that, I mean, heck, that was pretty much, uh, and Rhapsody, is just, uh, hey, let's play, let's play classic, uh, Queen, uh, sing, uh, songs that people remember and, you know, sing along, so, no, now, I will say that uh, when the movie focuses on the story and not just the songs, even though that I can I can predict everything that's happening, uh, they do write some good dialogue for uh, your main characters, and enough to where you, you kind of see the uh, relationship here between you know Javin and his uh, childhood friend Matt. Who, uh, who is a, uh, singer, uh, uh for, uh, a, uh, band that he, uh, uh, kind of, uh, brings up, but now, when, uh, the movie does focus on its story, I, I, even though I can predict everything that's happening, uh, I do actually really like the dialogue between, uh, or at least even the, the relationship between, uh, some of these characters, like, uh, Javin and Matt, I think they have kind of an interesting bond, because uh, at, at the start of the movie, it feels like Matt is, uh, well, Matt is actually, like, a childhood friend of Javin, but at the start when they're, like, grown up, it almost seems like Matt just became a bully, but then you, later on, you kind of see why he is the way he is, and he actually really does care about, uh, Javin, and he's hard for a, uh, reason, and... It, it, it does, it is kind of a really, uh, you know, interesting perspective, uh, you know, on, on the tougher, on the, uh, more serious themes the movie touches on. And there are some really funny jokes. I did laugh throughout the film. It was, it wasn't laugh out loud funny, but there was definitely, uh, jokes I was, I got a big chuckle out of. It is a really fun movie, despite being very traditional, being very by the numbers. And ultimately, the, 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 the relationship between Javin and, uh, his father, it's just kind of like, yeah, I've seen it before. The, 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 the tough father who just wants the best, and the best is being the same old, same old. And yeah, there's just nothing really exciting between those two, especially when Javid's father just only has one mode, and that's just be angry. You know, until, you know, the very end where he changes things around. I mean, yeah. Uh, and at the end, you also do get to see the real Javid, because this is based off of a true story, and they did as much as they can to have uh, this actor, you know, the actors from the 
uh, movies look almost as close as they could to uh, the real people. There are some differences you do notice, but you're like, hey, you know what? That was that's not a bad casting. You did you did go out of your way to try to make them look like the real people. Uh, again, it's a it's a fun film. It's not a great one because uh, it does get lost in its uh, you know Bruce Springsteen fandom or whatever you want to call it because uh it, it, it gets really ridiculous of how uh i mean at the start when he plays bruce Springsteen's songs with the uh, whole lyrics being these uh words that appear uh along the sides and uh just uh, through the air like i think that part was really cool uh how he's just kind of uh captivated by uh, his songs for the first time but then after a bit where he just starts singing them that's when you're like okay you, uh, you, yeah you're done <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, you want another relationship I did like was, uh, Javin and his sister. Uh, cause, you know, even though he's having a rough time trying to connect with his dad, like, his sister is, like, uh, the, like, basically his other best friend. And it's kind of, it's, it is really, uh, cool just see, also seeing just the culture of Pakistanians and even some of the, some of the uh, little, uh, activities they do on the side. Like, there's this little, uh, I'm not gonna go into spoilers, but there's this, uh, little club, and, and you know, some, one of the things that they, they, they do, uh, in it is, I thought it was really, uh, cool. It was just kind of showing more of the culture. Uh, yeah, it's, you'll have a good time with it. It's not gonna be anything mind-blowing or something you haven't seen before or something amazing. And, yeah, by the end, it's not like I wanna keep watching this again and again, but, uh, you know what, if it comes on TV, I'll, I'll definitely sit down for it. I did have fun watching this movie, and that's kind of the best thing I could say about it. So, yeah, Blinded by the Light. Not not great, but a good time. A low good time. Now let's go on to It Chapter 2. And, uh, I've, uh, been... Uh, I liked the original It. I, it was not, like, my top ten favorites. There were some things I didn't really give a crud about, but, um... Or it wasn't crazy about. But what I really did like about it, Chapter One, it was basically, uh, you know, a coming of age story of these uh, kids like trying to overcome their fear and uh, you know just uh, you know friends trying to stick together. Uh, just that sort of really loving uh, relationship between these kids as they tried to overcome just being scared of uh, you know th- their their deepest fears and just trying to uh, be able to you know get uh, make it out of uh, school and you know it presents itself in an extreme way uh, maybe even too extreme in the case of uh, the bullies and some some other really cheesy stuff but you know that that's the thing is I really appreciate the ideas that uh Stephen King makes I don't think he's a flawless writer and uh I think that was probably the thing that I, I hope the sequel improves on is just kind of tightening up the script, uh, losing some of the cheesiness and just kind of building upon like the, you know, some like life themes that at least uh, Stephen King tries to express in his books. Well, we'll see. This is part two where the Losers Club, they're all adults now and they're like, you know what? We didn't finish off Pennywise. Now he's back. So we got to finish him for good before he takes us all out. Can they, can they do it. Let's uh, take a look at the trailer and then I'll give you my thoughts.
Starting off with the uh, positives of this movie, I liked how it started out, uh, at least when we got to the uh, Losers Club, because, you know, they're all adults now, they all have their different uh, creative passions or lives to go through, and, you know, there's... Uh, or basically Chosen is the one who is uh, uh, bringing everyone back together and uh, it's it's really cool like I really like the China shop scene where they're just kind of all they, they all kind of reconnect with each other they're like holy crap I haven't seen you for so long uh, you're still that you're still the same old person or uh, you know what changed with you I like that the whole scene I was like holy crap so this is this is gonna be like uh, you know where where the first one was about, you know, growing up, learning how to conquer your fears, and surviving school. Uh, this one's gonna be like, hey, you want, what, what, what would it be like just kind of seeing someone who you grew up with and you haven't seen for a very long time and just trying to reconnect and, you know, get through life and everything. That's what I thought it would be. And I'll say at the very least, the performances are great all around across your main characters and and Pennywise. The thing is, with the first one, what I really liked about, because I, I, as I just said, but what I really liked about Pennywise's uh, inclusion of it, uh, who is played by Bill Skarsgård. He was just kind of basically the example or the centerpiece of the fears that all these kids had. Because, you know, the whole thing about kids being scared of clowns and, you know, clowns, you know, some someone you may or may not want to, you know, have your kids be around that's i mean it, it, it was it was a monster that kind of lived off 
fear, or I mean, kind of fed off of fear. He would uh, eat kids, but he wouldn't try to ripe them up by just going into what are they mostly afraid of. And in here, the, the, the part two, this is just, I mean, it eventually just turns into the uh, Pennywise and Jump Scare show. Like, kids, it, uh, I, I, I came in because I, I saw, I saw one, one tweet just trying to get, get ready to get angry at anyone who could possibly say something bad about it, chapter two. I was going in wanting to love it, and it, it helped that I had one of my best friends with me, and we were just all having fun in the AMC theater, uh, leading up to the film. The, 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 the thing is, this really, I mean, probably the biggest thing that really hurts this film for me is just how long it is and how it does not use its time very well. Like, I I, I know that the, the, the horror movies that make all the money, lots of money, are the ones that uh, are about, you know, scary monsters and, you know, jump scares. That's why, because the other person that I was seeing it with was like, yeah, I wasn't crazy about there being a lot of jump scares, but, you know, I, I, I got over it because that's in every horror movie. No, not really. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I guess he, uh, I, I, you know, if you have never seen uh, something like, uh, even just earlier this year, probably like last month, Ready or Not, that was a horror comedy. And I found that movie to be more terrifying because that was, uh, that was one woman trying to escape from real people who are just crazy over how much money they've, they have had. Like, just kind of talking about how, uh, you know, crazy rich people could be. And it did not rely so much on just trying to throw one jump scare at, uh, uh, over another. It was just someone vulnerable trying to survive from, like, all, just a family full of insane people. And that, to me, that I was on the edge of my seat more than something like uh, It Chapter 2 because uh, it is so focused on jump scares and not only just jump scares, but just retreading old ground. It's like, yeah, after a while, just got like, yeah, I, I kind of want to just uh, see the end of this because uh, I, I like there was a part where I'm like, okay, or how far do we got until because. I, it w maybe I wasn't, like, bored out of my mind, but I was kind of exhausted. And so exhausted to where, like, everything the movie tried to throw out to be scary, to be frightening, to be terrifying. Because the movie was trying to be the scariest thing ever. Like, it, it, it threw jump scare after jump scare, trying to throw one uh, horrific creature after another. But, I mean, for one, you just do it so much, you do it so frequent, that I kind of expected something like that to happen. And not only that, but uh, the, the creatures, they just end up looking more silly than they did look scary. In fact, uh, because everything relied so heavily on CG, it just, like, the visuals looked worse and worse as the movie went on to where, like, I just, like, yeah, this is just more annoying than it is scary because you, it, the movie really does crank up the jump scares to 11. Like, yeah, you're gonna, th there, there, there's jump scare after this and then a jump scare after this. And, like, maybe because the, the horror movies I really like, not a lot of people 
watch them so that's why they're like okay well th- this is this is normal i i just don't i, I don't think it's feel that way and pennywise he was such a memorable villain from the first one just not just his uh childish behavior but kind of you know how much of a predator he is to children just kind of kind of being a pedophile uh in a way i mean except you know he, he kills them but yeah and in this one he's just a looney tunes character and they they like it is one of those sequels where it's like oh you didn't care about the characters you just want to see more pennywise and, and and scares right okay we're gonna do that i'm like um i don't know i uh okay so the and i want to re- reiterate i want to i mean i want to kind of mention this because of course uh, apparently the only the only people matter the only the only opinions that matter people who are are nostalgic about the property or are big huge major fans so you know what if you're you read the book and you just want the movie to be exactly like the book uh which you know one of the two people i want to see uh at chapter two with is a huge stephen king fan has read all the books and he is one of those uh, type of uh, audience that hey i want i want what i see on the big screen to be very much like the one uh, the cap the re- redo capture the thing i wrote or seen on the book or uh, read on the book that's not me so i i hope you can be fine with me not being okay okay with that uh especially when as i said before stephen king when it comes to his writing um well he's not quite the best he's not quite a level material and there are there are some there's some bad dialogue in this uh that you know it's probably taken from the books but the books they aren't they aren't they aren't great well written because what what really makes stephen king to me kind of an icon as he is is just the imagination he uses for a lot of his a uh, lot of his creatures and you know some some of the themes he touches on but there are there's a there are some bad dialogue in his novels that when you translate that to the big screen it kind of looks even worse like how they how they even figure out the origins of what where uh pennywise came from uh it, i was like I, I just i mean i was maybe because it, it the movie took itself seriously when it kind of uh talked about this and i was like just looking at like how this is really stupid (laughs) and and yeah there's some unintentionally silly things with this movie i mean along with some humor that does work i mean pretty much the 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 two people who are the big spotlights here are uh, bill Hader and uh james ransom as uh so the the adult of uh richie and eddie they uh you know their their comedic timing is is solid uh there were plenty of laughs i got out of uh bill and uh james those two together they they were great until kind of near the end i mean that's where kind of everything just kind of fell apart for me but for the time being i was really enjoying their comedic timing even though i'll say the character development of the losers club and it kind of weakens compared to the first one because after that the china shop scene uh where they're all trying to reconnect with each other i mean that's just when we go through the series of uh jump scares and and then like recaps of things that happened in the last movie which they spend too long on it like the uh when when they 
get to flashbacks with the uh, the younger versions of themselves, I didn't really get anything new out of out of uh, you know their their developments. It's just kind of like, hey, you know what? Remember, we have la- one last time, one last time. You think we'll ever see each other again? I I bet so. I mean, that's just kind of what those scenes boil down to. They they I don't really get anything new out of them. And then we just get the whole relationship of okay, does uh, who do, who loves uh, Jessica's Jasmine's character, uh, Beverly. Who loves Beverly more? Is it Bill, uh, played by James McAvoy, or is it Ben, played by James Ryan? That that's the that's kind of the extent. Is you have that love triangle, and then you have uh, Richie and Eddie just yucking it up. That's kind of it. I mean, I I wish I'd say there there is more to the, the these characters. There's something you know well written, but. For one, a, a huge chunk of this time is focused on just the the characters going through a dark hallway. There's some creepy sounds going on. They're, they're about to be scared. And then, oh no, a monster! And it just gets really repetitive as heck. I was like, every single time, like when they split up, like every single character, their scenes are just... Uh, hey, uh, we're gonna have a kid version of some jump scares and then an adult version of some jump scares. Uh, there is nothing going on. Uh, not really much. And it's just like, okay, uh, and everything the film does touch on regarding these characters are things that were in the last one. And, you know, does, they, they, they barely do anything different with it. And with, uh, Pennywise just being a total, uh, goofball, uh, more than, you know, a a a uh, uh, menace. In fact, he is such a goofball that he even fails so hard at his uh, you know his goal. Just you can even see from the trailer when he tries to disguise himself as an old lady. Yeah, like, he just spends this whole time, because he's, he's got Beverly in his grass. Like, he can, he can eat or kill her, but he's just, she's just like, uh, he's just like, pretending to be this old lady, and just giving away hints that, uh, she's basically Pennywise, and at the, when, when, uh, you know, and uh, he, she, he finally unleashes himself. It's, uh, yeah, he, he, he it's just kind of ridiculous. And, uh, it, you don't really feel frightened or you're kind of like, oh, is Beverly gonna make it? It's like, yeah, she kind of is. And there is something that I've heard about Pennywise from at least the stories that really could have been great if they touched on it, and that was just how much of a, uh, like an, like an outcast Pennywise is against his own kind, like they just kind of, uh, closed the, the portal, uh, on him, and just kind of left him here. You could have, you could have done something with that, like, you know, because of how much of a screw-up he is on just trying to get the Losers Club, maybe that, that could have been, like, uh, there could have been just kind of a, a little backstory about him just trying to, you know, please his kind and maybe be accepted. But they don't do that. Uh, no, he's just... He's he's a goofball presented as this horrifying monster. And by the 
Etienne, which, uh, you know, the, the last it has been, uh, you know, heavily criticized about, uh, it's, it's ending monster, the, the big transformation. And I'm going to say the, the one, the big tran, the, the, what you get in the ending here is just as dumb as it was back in the nineties. Like I like, wow, they, they did not improve in that. In fact, they, in some ways it kind of made it dumber. Like I was like, yeah, this is, uh, yeah. It like the the film just becomes more of a spook house, a, a very long, a really long spook house than it does as an actual like continuation. Because I don't really know what it's continuing on. Because you know, despite these them being an adult, there's not really much uh, of an advancement on these uh, characters besides you know early on with their you know their life changes. But, you know, when they when they get back on this uh, adventure to stop Pennywise, they all just become the same exact person they were as a kid uh which you know they do mention that but it's like okay you're gonna make them the same thing and not do anything different with it like maybe uh since they're an adult maybe they've kind of learned some other things and be more self-aware but no because uh james mcavoy as bill he kind of starts off different he starts off as a film as a film writer but then when we go back to pennywise he's that same stuttering and kind of just in a uh very a cheesy way to stuttering hopeless uh bill as he was back then and it's just like okay well all right yeah it's i'll say i did have some enjoyment in parts of it but it is not a film i want to see again i give it just a plain as heck decent rating because i think for those those traditional horror fans they they just want they just want the 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 uh the the, the big creature features uh um, and the, you know the jump scares and hey that's for you i'm not that person i hope you can recognize that because i know some people don't like doing that sorry uh this is not a great film i don't recommend seeing in the big screen just rent it at home uh, and then you could just fast forward all the, the pretty much the, the stuff that doesn't matter, uh, or at least, I don't know, I, I mean, I'm only giving a regular decent rating, just because, you know, to be fair, there were some, there were some good things about it, but it, it's definitely not a movie I, I feel very enthusiastic about, or, you know, wanna, you know, think about in passing, and, you know, they, they're, they're talking about doing a prequel series, so, I, pretty much this whole thing about it being the end doesn't really matter because it's not how oh well decent uh, uh it chapter two is just decent uh well uh yeah sorry now uh we got two more films to go through and we're gonna go with uh the fanatic because i really wanted to talk about this one because well i am an adult under the autism spectrum and this here is about a autistic stalker and uh yeah I, I don't know how i feel about that but i do know john john travolta you know he i i i do like him in uh pulp fiction i also think he was great but i'm not one of those people who are like man you're in you're in you're you were great in pulp fiction so you're a you know you're just this legendary actor no matter what no i mean if you make a bunch of crap like after that then i'm sorry i'm gonna focus more on that and 
yeah, John Travolta, he's not had a uh, great track record in uh, his uh, performances, or, I mean, the films he's been in. Even, you know, I, I could mention Gotti, but, I mean, I think Battlefield Earth should have been uh, enough, but, um, in fact, he's had zero, he's had, like, four films in a row, I think, three or four films in a row. I've had a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so, the, not, 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 not going good for Mr. Travolta, and, you know, this is, hopefully, his comeback. I was able to watch this film for free, so, I'm gonna play the trailer then give you my thoughts. Uh, there are no clips for this, so you just have to hear dialogue from me, I guess. It's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Dunbar. Is Hunter Dunbar here tonight? I need to get an autograph. Don't let him do this to me. I'm a fan. I'm a number one fan. Is it difficult to find famous people's houses? I use my star map app. You have to be careful. I don't want you to be accused of stalking. Hey, you can't just come to my private residence looking for me. Listen, pal, I don't know how you found me, but I don't ever want to see you in this neighborhood again. So as I mentioned, I am under the uh, I'm on the autism spectrum. So you know, it's a uh, it's a uh, social and behavioral disability, which uh, you know I w- I would go into detail on that, but it, it's always something that I I always just kind of feel down of just having and just uh, kind of uh, mentioning that. And then we got this movie with John Travolta being a stalker, following this uh, famous actress or. It, I guess in the the movie Hunter Dunbar, uh, which is a fictional uh, actor, but played by Devon Sawa. The question you could kind of ask is: uh, is what is uh, John Travolta's performance? Is it uh, an accurate representation of someone with autism? I'm gonna say not quite, because throughout the film, first of all, when it starts off, the first line of dialogue you hear from him is uh, he goes to the store, and the store is like. Um, hey man, what, what what can I do for you? And he's like, I need to poo. And okay, so he's I don't I wouldn't say autistic. He's just kind of I guess his man child the right word because uh, he really acts like a five year old throughout this film. He is uh, uh you know he is uh, you know middle aged but uh, he uh, or probably older than that. But he uh, you know he always acts like he's uh, he's uh, five, uh, just kind of having like immature humor you know, 
saying really uh, 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 crazy things, uh, uh, crying a lot. Um, things that you'd hear from a little kid coming out of this grown man's mouth. And you'd say, oh, you know, that's, that, that is just what autism is. And I'm like, no. Because there are plenty of things that John Travolta's character does that I would never consider doing. I would never even think of doing. And I know not to do. Because he, he really wants an autograph from Hunter Dunbar and he will not stop at anything. And, uh, yeah, he, like, he is, Hunter, Hunter Dunbar is, like, his, uh, favorite actor of all time. He's seen all of his movies and he even quotes lines from his movies or at least parts of it. Um, uh, he, I mean, his whole apartment is nothing but movie props of, you know, things from, I guess the 80s and 90s or stuff. Uh, and the character's name is Moose, which is already, uh, I, yeah, I don't know kind of name, but, um, yeah, so this whole, uh, this whole movie is about him really wanting to see his, uh, his favorite, uh, actor and also just trying to get by with his job as pretending to be a British police officer. Apparently he makes enough money to have an apartment full of nostalgic movie theater stuff. Cause, because I kind of think about it as like, is that, does that job pay? Just walking around pretending to be a British cop? Because uh, that's literally his job, and he owns an apartment just full of movie props. I'm like, that's, if that really gives you that much money, I'm like, okay, then maybe I should, it's like, dang, I, I, guess, I guess that that's, that that really pays, but, you know, they don't, know. He's got a friend, uh, or at least someone who tries to help him, um, and that person, or at least the uh, actress who plays this friend, uh, and Anna. Uh, uh, G- Gol- Golja, Anna Golja, uh, Andrew Gol- Anna Golja plays like Moose's uh, friend who is like, hey Moose, I, I really care about you, uh, but hey, don't don't uh, give them ammunition because you are you're smarter, you're better than you think, and all these people are trying to get you down because there there are there are some like cartoonish bullies who come up to uh, Moose like, hey Moose. What you doing? Wanna wanna pickpocket boy? I'm like, oh gee, are you kidding me? They're they act like they act like bullies from Power Rangers in in an R-rated movie with adults, and literally one of them tries to push uh, Moose into uh, doing pickpocketing for him, and I'm like, okay, what kind of gig is that? So you make money out of pickpocketing? You know there, are, you know we're in an age where there's like more credit card. In fact. People are not even carrying credit cards anymore. People are actually uh, carry. Well, they they have uh, basically things like Apple Pay. So like, okay, so pickpocketing is kind of harder today. I mean, not saying I know a thing about pickpocketing. I don't because I don't do it. But I mean, I mean, because this movie takes place in 2019, it makes no mistake about that. But there are a lot of 2019 things that this movie try like just glances over. So uh, eventually, though. Uh, Moose does fight back against uh, one of the bullies, and one thing he says is just kind of like, "Okay, this is uh, interesting." All right, you're gonna help me make some fucking cash, bitch. <laughs> I wish Freddy Krueger was here right now. Watch it! 
yeah, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, not saying that that is probably the best thing to do, but, uh, the, the bullies, they, they do push him a lot, uh, and, like, they, they even try to mug him in the bathroom, which is like, okay, but I'll say, uh, out of all of John Travolta's performances, this is the first since, well, Pulp Fiction, where he's really transformed himself into someone different, because, uh, you know, if you did not know John Travolta, you would not be able to recognize who, uh, I, and, you know, that could be saying for every actor, but there are, there are just some roles where you're just like, okay, if you not, if you're, you don't catch up with movies that often, then you won't be able to know, you won't be able to know completely that that's John Travolta as Moose, and I think, you know, he really disguises himself in this role for as ridiculous and over-the-top it is, and it is ridiculous and over-the-top, um, because there's some really, really bad dialogue spouted out by him that you, that you would just kind of be like, what? Uh, did, did the writers say, yeah, this is great? Um, it's not just that, though, uh, because, you know, the whole thing is about him being a stalker for, uh, uh, Hunter Dunbar and, and, you know, just following him around, being in his house and everything, and you would think that, uh, okay, so probably Hunter Dunbar at the beginning, he's like, hey, man, you know what, you shouldn't be back here, uh, uh, but I'll, I'll send you an autograph, you know, it, it's, there are some dangerous places out here, so just, uh, uh, be safe, and, uh, you know, just, uh, try to, try to find your, don't, don't get into trouble. That would have been, you know, probably the realistic thing, uh, a celebrity that at least, uh, cares about his fans, or at least, uh, you know, is, it has a little bit of human decency. Hunter Dunbar is a pile of poop the moment you see him on screen uh because in the trailer the trailer has it set up to where like uh hunter is just saying uh, this for the last time that hey you want if i see you here again then i'm gonna have to knock the crud out of you no that's from the very beginning he's like uh because uh, uh 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 moose is like hunter hunter dunbar i'm your biggest fan just i just really want to sign you uh or want, want you to sign this thing because i've been waiting in line for an hour and hunter goes to I'm like, what the f- are you doing here? Get out of here! I, I'm gonna freaking kill you! I'm like, oh my god, are you okay? <laughs> Cause, uh, alright, and, and he should know that this is, this guy is, this guy is off in a way, because he does not stop at, the whole movie, he's like, I just want an autograph, just give me an autograph, and Hunter Dunbar just would not do it, just, I, I would just say, just sign his thing so he can leave you alone, and Hunter would not, he just, like, he tries to uh, intimidate uh, Moose, and Moose does never get it because he's still bent on just having one thing signed by by Hunter, and he's like, "No, I won't do it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna threaten to uh, hurt you if you just be around me." And I'm like, "That's just really extreme uh, to do that just the first time uh, a fan is following you around." Uh, and there's no indication where he's just been having this for a while. It's really just you know the first. First time Moose comes up to him, uh, immediately this Hunter Dunbar is a pile of poop. Um, and there's a weird turn where uh, uh, Moose actually kills someone, and he's just like, and his own the whole, whole reaction to it is like, oh, your nose, your your nose, you know, nosebleeds are kind of like he does not get that he actually murdered someone. Uh, which you know, you could debate whether or not. 
what he did to uh, a certain person in this film really immediately kills them. Because uh, I had to kind of think, is like, do you get killed by that? Or, do, yeah. So, he, he, uh, he, he kills someone, and uh, you would think, okay, so this is where Moose is even going too far. Uh, and, you know, in some cases, he, I mean, he, do, he does. It's not that he doesn't. But you'd think, okay, well, there, there's got to be, you know, some punishment for him, just uh, for him to kind of learn some things. No. In fact, something else happens at the end that's like, wait, again, just the whole time, I'm like, wait, what? Because the script really doesn't, the script is really incompetent. Because it's, it, it, it's, the, the trailer has you thinking, well, it's really coming up with, okay, this this guy who just really loves this uh, actor so much that he's maybe a little too obsessive. But when you see it play out in the film, no, everybody is just a is just a jerk. So you just like, you want Moose, what you're doing may not be right, but I don't really feel for the person being affected by you because they all are, they all are trash. They all are bad people. So it's like, okay, well, forget that. And and then uh, his uh, friend, who you see only in like certain scenes of the film, she mostly becomes the narrator, saying really, uh, really dumb lines like, uh, "He didn't just cross the line; he effing nuked it." And I'm like, okay, yeah, the writing is so dark, so bad, and, and not only bad, but because uh, this is directed by a rapper, there's there there's a uh, forced uh, plug-in for the rapper's music in like one scene of the film uh where uh hunter dunbar is like hey, hey kid you you listen to this man this this is great 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 music this is this is the best and i'm like okay that now you're just kind of stroking your ego at the same time of not really pulling through with this uh dory idea you have here and yeah but i'm saying i had i had fun with it uh the the i mean unintentional fun but i did i was entertained throughout the film but in the wrong reasons uh i was mad too because i mean this everybody's kind of saying how this is this is like autism i'm like no i throughout the film i'm like i would never do that no it's uh yeah it's um but the reason why i'm not gonna give it a, a fun bad decent is because just how much praise is just thrown out for john travolta as an actor just because of what he did at pulp fiction like there are there are people i've seen kind of on interview saying oh my gosh i got to i got to interview john travolta the john travolta i got to shake his hand and talk to him the, the guy from pulp fiction and i'm like yeah he's from pulp fiction but that was like 1990 and he's not really done something as good as that since then. I I don't... I mean, you know, people can be fans of John Travolta and that's fine. But I, I just think that this is a guy who needs to kind of, you know, wake up in reality. He's not what he used to be. And he's got to... I mean, this is him trying a different role, but probably working with kind of a, a, better, a better team. Because the best role I can think of him in at least the, the past... 10 or 20 years besides uh, uh, Pulp Fiction. I mean, he was in Bolt. So it's uh, like, 
like, yeah, I mean, there, there are two movies I can think of where he, I thought, man, this is great and he is great. But yeah, I mean, one, I feel bad for John Travolta too. I don't. So I'm going to give it a void just because I don't think this is, I mean, I don't, I don't really want this to be, you know, a representation of what special needs individuals would look like or uh, even just John Travolta because he, even to this day, people love him like intentionally because they they really and, and that's fine but you know he's he's got to wake up and now it's like and do better so yeah as much as i enjoyed it unintentionally i f- kind of feel the same way of uh backfire like that i enjoyed uh i enjoyed and unintentionally to to the very end like i had great laughs out of it and not not and out of the movie's expense but it's not a film that like i'd say you know you gotta go support it because yeah I'd, i wouldn't same goes with the fanatic and looks like not a lot of people did so yeah it's uh an avoid now we're gonna get to my our last movie again we're going through these quick because uh again i want to be able to get this out that's why i am just uh you know blasting them through and the last film i want to talk about is uh the dark crystal because uh when some people uh uh told me to check out uh some friends of mine told me to check out the original one after seeing the netflix prequel and i'm like okay is it on netflix oh it is so i'm gonna check it out and i did so do i think this is a classic as uh you know people have said well i uh checked it out and i'm gonna play the trailer and then give you my thoughts Just as uh, it was with uh, Age of Resistance, uh, the Dark Crystal is the story of the Gelfling versus the Skeksis in a struggle to, uh, you know, get this uh, powerful Dark Crystal that can pretty much do everything, I guess. But with, with uh, you know, Age of Resistance, it was about uh, uh, the Skeksis learning that uh, they can basically uh, heal themselves and, you know, possibly live forever over the life essence of a Gelfling. And kind of is the same here, although uh, in this one, 
you have uh, four, uh, or actually the the uh, Skeksis, uh, their uh, previous emperor has died, so they're again trying to find a, or they're they're, they're trying to find a uh, leader, and uh, you know after doing that, they're like, okay, well, what do we do? Well, we could uh, the uh, use the uh, dark crystal to be able to uh, take over everything or whatnot, uh, but the dark crystal, or at least something, is revealed that there is still one Gelfling left to survive, and uh, the prophecy is the Gelfling are eventually the ones to stop the Skeksis and d- uh, their evil reign for good. That's kind of it. That is, it's, it's a straightforward uh, hero's quest. Uh, you know, the the hero character who is like the last of his kind, or one of the last, because uh, eventually he's joined up by another uh, Gelfling. You have uh, the uh, you have all this diff- all these different creatures uh, to kind of uh, get past or to look at because the visuals just like with Age of Resistance is a huge deal uh, there's a lot of fantastical uh, creatures around you know made out of puppetry and you know real real paint real uh, craft and all of it looks nice but as far as character development goes or at least uh, you know a character you kind of remember because uh, I, I don't with any of these Jen is the the main Gelfing he's just kind of that <clears throat> generic uh, young hero out for in, out for this epic journey he even like sounds like a uh, generic young hero and then you know got the got the sidekick love interest slash I mean slash love interest character uh, who's I mean because uh, Age of Resistance uh, you know gave some lore and context to some of these uh, you know some of these Gelfing where they live so you had the underground Gelfling that were able to fly and that's pretty much who the female Gelfling is in this movie. <coughs> now, uh, all that can sound maybe like a spoiler because uh, uh, Age of Resistance, there's some people saying that it might end with just everybody dying. I don't know that for sure because it, this does say that takes place thousands of years or at least very much into the future, far in the future, so there, it's it's hard to really tell and see if, uh, if what happens, if when whatever happens with Age of Resistance when that's over, does that translate into you know the ending of uh, this one? I mean, no, the beginning of this one, which uh, as Jen going on the journey, yeah, uh, his uh, master has died. The the thing though that you kind of see throughout the film is that uh, the Skeksings are tied to uh, these other uh, almost kind of not not really mammoth type creatures, but they're they got uh, multiple hands they walk on. These they. They, they have sort of like a link to the Skeksis, which if you saw the Netflix series first, you kind of do see that. And what what ultimately becomes of them towards the end of this film is like, okay, I kind of get it, but it's also just kind of just really cheesy. I mean, because, you know, when you go with puppets, it is going to be campy, and it is, and that that's fine. It, do, it does get really a little dumb at the end but uh is kind of that okay here's here's the hero to root for here's the bad guys to hope you get to see their butt get kicked and it really kind of goes like that it's 
very straightforward. You don't really get much out of these characters. You the the bad guys are the bad guys, the good guys are the good guys. It kind of is like that. Uh, pretty much the one with the most character is uh, Ogra, who is uh, a who is a character from Age of Resistance as well. So you do see some uh, people from the prequel series uh, carry on over here, and uh, you can tell she is also a lot older. She is has nothing but gray hair and uh this one as opposed to uh the last it, it kind of goes on this adventure where you see them go through different areas have to uncover different challenges and you know try to fend themselves from the skexies and their crab minions that is kind of it you know they gotta go to the they gotta go to the dark crystal and put a light crystal in it in order to save the world and yeah it, it just it doesn't it goes the way you think it's gonna go where there's nothing really there's no there's no twists or surprises going on it's just simple as that and it it is entertaining i mean uh just as you know pu- uh, puppets can be uh because of how fun like they can act this uh does take itself a little more seriously than uh the prequel series which makes it a little more dull because of the fact that they are puppets and uh, that they they don't they don't have much humor going on uh the humor is mostly with all the cute characters like the the fuzzballs yeah i i was i was not really i didn't really care about the characters here but it, it was just a film that was cool to look at and i think that made it entertaining but it didn't make it as memorable to me as age of resistance did where they kind of fleshing out the lore and they brought all these different like colonies and in here it just kind of like you know two gelfing on an adventure through the the dark wastelands just traditional fantasy adventure and that's fine i mean if someone puts on the dark crystal on tv i'll be like yeah i'll watch it but it isn't like a movie that man i, I want to watch over and over and over and over and over again it's like it's all right i enjoyed it it's it's not it's forgettable fun so in that way it's just highly decent um yeah there is nothing that really stands out as far as characters or even just scenes that i'm like yeah that's that's really uh that's really cool instead it's just really the puppetry is what makes it kind of stand out and there's a lot of uh great animations with just uh the movement of the two gelfings trying to make them look close to human as possible uh even though when you go up to them up close and they start talking uh they are less expressive than age of resistance where they able to kind of adjust the eyes uh so it does also kind of make uh their uh expressions a little less believable but it's still entertaining i was entertained by it i just didn't like love 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 it like it wasn't like man this is this is an amazing classic film and i think it's because i've grown up with so many uh puppet shows and puppet movies i've seen them in different ways so the dark crystal just doesn't really stand out it's just enjoyable and there's nothing wrong with that it's enjoyable but i I just can't i can't go into i i just for me i just don't really feel like it's man it's got it's one of the best it's why the the 80s because i'm kind of up and down with some of these 80s films that people are saying are like classics because uh or like you know amazing because uh you know i'll watch some of them some of them definitely stand out today some of them i feel like yeah not quite and this is one of those where i'm kind of in between where i do enjoy it i see why people love it uh because it is dark 
that is one thing. Age of Resistance is a little darker, though. I'll say that. But, yeah, I I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's amazing, but I had fun. And in, in, in an entertaining, watch it at home type of fun. And that's kind of all I can say about it. And that is that. Uh, I had to, you know, try to go through these as quickly as I can. Uh, what while being as detailed as I can. Because this was long overdue, and I got another episode to record later this week that for sure will work, thankfully will work. So, for the meantime, if you want to reach me, philok76 at gmail.com, p-h-i-l-k-76 at gmail.com. Facebook and Instagram is PondsPress. Twitter is at ChasePond64, and the website is PondsPress.wordspress.com. I'll talk to you guys later.